When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Yablik! Four goals to Ablett. Oh, just a leg goal! You're guilty! Justin Madden's got the set. One hand. to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Thank you very much to you, Matthew, and thanks to Tobin Brothers. No one's dead here, but I tell you what, long live the king. And there's the best indication I can give to who's in the studio eyeballing me, and he's under pressure because he hadn't seen uh, grooves and uh, old lines like that for a long, long time. The man is a star. 272 games at the highest level, 244 for the Kangaroos and 28 at Adelaide. AFL Premiership player twice, 96-99. Twice the AFL Players Association Most Valuable Player, 95-98. Seven-time All-Australian, including four as captain. Four times North Melbourne best and fairest. North Melbourne captain, 93-2001. North Team of the Century. AFL and North Melbourne Hall of Fame. Wayne Carey, this is your football life. G'day, Rex. Nice to be here. Thank you. What is your immediate reaction when I sit here and read that out and I can tell you that some of the game's greatest names, when they were coaching, if you were available, they said the king, number one, and that's not all, without a doubt. How do you feel about that? Uh... I don't know. It, it, it almost feels like another life to me now, to be honest, uh, where I sit now and, and, and that life seems like an eternity ago. But uh, it's very humbling to hear um, when people obviously compliment you on the way you went about playing football. And when I read, when you read uh, you know, those stats out, it's something that I'm very proud of. It's certainly not something that I ever thought I would achieve when I first started. But Looking back now, I, I do look back and very proud of the fact that uh, I was not only able to play the game, but um, ultimately get success, and, and that was two premierships. We're talking to the King Wayne Carey right across the nation. You look magnificent. You look absolutely fit. And if I could say, sir, you look quite peaceful and, and at ease with life. Am I reading it okay? Oh, absolutely. Well, why? Uh, why I, do you look like this? Oh, look, I think, I think uh, for me, um, playing football for me, Rex, I, I felt very comfortable on the football field. Uh, obviously, being a Wagga boy and then moving to Adelaide and, and then to Melbourne. Um, when I got to Melbourne, I didn't like Melbourne a lot. Um, but for me, that the comfort zone was out on the football field, so I felt, felt very comfortable. But outside of that... Uh, in in my own skin, so to speak, I, I've never really been that comfortable. So I've done a lot of work over the years. Some of it's uh, the work I've done. Some of it's been caused by uh, mistakes that I've made along the way. But I've always said that uh, everything happens for a reason. And I guess if those mistakes weren't made, then 
maybe I wouldn't have done the work on myself that I, I needed to do. So where I sit right now in myself is, uh, is I, I probably feel more comfortable in my skin now than I ever have before. Wayne, we're going to get to those mistakes. We're not going to highlight them. We're going yep. to highlight how you came back from them. Yep. Because you've displayed to me an unbelievable uh, resolve and mental toughness that I think kids should know because life ain't, life ain't a bowl of chocolates, is it? No, it's not. Um, you know, and I, I think some people, you know, they, they look at, uh, you know, AFL football or VFL football as it was back when I played four games in the VFL, but uh, turned to the AFL in, in 1990. So, um, you know, look, look, it's, it's not all, it's not all uh, roses, peaches and cream. It, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of hard work. Um, there's, there's way more downs in football, um, than ups and, and in life, it's the same thing. There's downs and, and, and then there are ups, but I, I think I, I tend to agree with it's how you bounce back yeah. from, uh, from those, uh, from those downs. Steve War once said, it's not how you wave to the crowd. It's how you come back when everyone reckons you're gone. And uh, a pretty good uh, 100 at the Sydney Cricket Ground. This is about Wayne Carey, the star. This is about Wayne Carey, to me, the rising star off the field. I'm loving your media work. I'm loving the example you're setting that just because you lay in the gutter one week doesn't mean you can't have a beer with Sam Newman on the 72nd floor of his uh, (laughs) penthouse down there. Take us back to Wagga. Take us back to this kid who idolised his big brother Dick. Take us back to this kid who eventually the penny dropped and you said, I want to be some, something in Australian football. Take us back to those days. Yeah, look, I was a, I was a uh, yeah, like you said, grew up in, in Wagga. A uh, little bit of a, a different upbringing, Rex. You know, my, my father was a, uh, I'll call him a scallywag, bit of a scallywag. And um, at different times, uh, dad was, um, I'll, I'll be honest, he was in jail. So we moved in with our auntie. And we lived with our auntie, and that's when I got introduced to Aussie rules. So I was I was eight years old. I played uh, I played rugby league at school. I uh, love rugby league, but on weekends, uh, my two cousins were playing uh, Aussie rules for North Wagga, and the North Wagga footy oval was literally fifty metres from my auntie's house. So on a on on one Saturday, she took us over there. She registered me and my little brother, and uh, and I just fell in love with the game. I, I absolutely loved it, and it was. From that point on, that uh, you know, footy was never out of my hand. Were you above average as a kid? Uh, would you consider yourself above above the pack that someone said, "Hey, this kid might be something"? I was a I was a small, skinny kid, but in my first year, I think I was runner up, best and fairest. So I, I, I you know, adapted to the game fairly quickly. So I must have had a little bit of natural ability. This uh, is all over the shop, my, like my broadcasting. Yes, but you know where I'm coming from. You mentioned yep. your dad, and I'm going to mention father figure. Does my apparent image of you as a doting father and that your two kids are the most paramount thing in your life stem from the fact that you had so little time with your dad? Yeah, spot on, Rex. So, uh, the, the, the one thing that uh, I guess growing up in, a, in an environment like that, uh, you know, I guess you can go one of two ways. You can be just like uh, your dad or you can do the complete opposite and I, I always said and I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be the complete opposite of, of my dad and that's not and that's you know I, the one thing I and I'll always say that I, I love my father always had three meals on the on the table um, there are a lot of other people out there that have had way tougher upbringings than uh, than I um, so you know always had a roof over 
over our head. But you know, he was a tough man, and 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 you're right. Um, I've I've uh, it's been a goal of mine to be the complete opposite to him. Wayne Carey, the King, has joined us for Tobin Brothers, who are celebrating lives before we have to celebrate a life. And I think James's father might take that, and I might charge him 15 large for that particular <laughs> slogan. Tobin Brothers, they're great. You know why they're great? Because we're finding out about people before it's too late. You know, what it is that inspired them so you can inspire kids. You moved to Adelaide. You played for North Adelaide as a 16-year-old. The horse John Longmire, a 200-game Coleman medal uh, player, who is a premiership player at Sydney, both he and you arrived at Arden Street at the same time. Pauline Hanson, please explain. Yeah, look, I, I moved to Adelaide, so Dad decided that we'd all we'd all move to Adelaide. My mum and uh, my eldest brother, Dick, who, who you mentioned before, who I was very close with, and you're right, I, I idolised him uh, growing up. I, I wanted to be like him. I wanted to wear track suits. I wanted to drive a Commodore. Track suits? Yeah, I wanted... Gee, that's uh, high expectations. <laughs> and now you've got the Hugo Boss on did, there, Hucky yeah, boy. I didn't have high expectations, <laughs> Rex. Um, you know, everything that he did, um, you know, the, the way he, believe it or not, the way he smelt, he wore aftershave, he... he, he <laughs> He didn't tie up his laces on his runners, so I didn't tie up my laces on my runners. So um, my dad decided to move to Adelaide. That's where my brother was. I, uh, I ran away uh, after getting to Adelaide at a young age. I was 13, and I moved in with my brother. Yeah. And that was the uh, one of the more courageous, smartest things that uh, I've ever done. Really? Um, Why? Well, I, I guess it, it, I broke the shackles from dad. Uh, I, was, I was really going to go nowhere if I if I'd stayed uh, with dad we're living in Smithfield which is a suburb uh, um, about 10-15 minutes from Elizabeth in Adelaide um, and you know it was a wasn't a look wasn't a great area to go to school and or and or uh, grow up so um, moved in with my moved in with my brother and it was from that time on that um, I guess things for, for me started to change fairly dramatically and that was I went to Malala which is a place about 40 minutes out of Adelaide, and my brother was coaching the seniors. Mm. Uh, I was, I'd just turned 14 at this stage, and I was playing senior Colts, which was under-19s. Um, I was running around, I was getting a few kicks, and they went to my brother and said, we want him to play seniors. And, uh, and Dick said to them, he's too young, he'll get hurt. And they said, well, well he's playing all right in the senior Colts, we, we, we should play him. So that night at training, Rex, um, we did competitive circle work and I played on Dick. And mm. I let out, took a mark on him, turned around, gave a handball off and he sat me, sat me on my backside. Uh, I got up, shook myself off and uh, he said, that's why he won't be playing senior footy this age. He's too young. Uh, he's not developed enough. And um, so, you know, those small things. And then from there, it was he got me a run at North Adelaide, uh, the Sandboy Cup under 15s and then under 17s and... Uh, and it was, so it was really only two and a half years in Adelaide with North Adelaide. So we found out that there was never any doubt that you would be going to, even if you didn't have the ability, you're going to have the right mental attitude to succeed at whatever you did because you were where a lot of people don't go today because they like to sip cafelades and they think a headache is a setback. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, get out and bit of, get a bit of uh, shizen under your fingernails. It's obviously where you learnt the killer instinct? Absolutely. He uh, Every day after school, Rex, I'd run 7K. Wow. Uh, if it rained, if it rained, poured thunder, I'd be out in it. And it was no coincidence that later in my career when 
um, you know, I, I, I remember the conversations with Dick, um, you know, middle of the 90s and, uh, you know, it's pouring down rain on a Friday night and everyone's saying it's, you know, not conditions for a centre-half forward. And I remember Dick ringing me up many times saying, you know, they don't know the amount of work that you put in as a 14-year-old in the wet. And I, I absolutely love the wet, but it was that hard work that he instilled in me and, the, and showed me what I had to do if I was ever going to make it. But but at that time, Rex, it was never a dream to play AFL or VFL. It was back then when I was when I was but, running around it, for North Adelaide. It came to fruition at the famous shin bonus, the shin bonus spirit, 1990, your breakout year. Yep. And a few uh, of us around the trap said, this kid can play a bit. Can you just take us back to 1990? Yeah, 1990. Well, I'd only played the four games in... Previous um, year. Yeah, the previous yeah. year. And uh, so 1990, I played every game bar one. And, and you're right, Johnny Longmire that year kicked 98 goals. He was super. And, you know, to, 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 to sort of get a bit of, um, I guess, continuity in that senior team, it was, yeah, it was a dream come true. And I still I still didn't think I belonged. There's still self-doubt, a lot of self-doubt when, you, when you're running around. How many, how many kids in Australia is self-doubt killing? Oh, I, I think it's. You know, uh, I, I, I spoke to a bloke the other day. We've got to pass it on, because uh, we're becoming a society of uh, softies, of doubters, exactly, um, and some individuals. Even in the game at the highest level, there's still a place for an individual. Oh, look, it's uh, it's evident everywhere. Yeah, uh, and, and the crowd will come and watch individuals. Oh, with, in without, the team sport, without doubt. But uh, you know that that self doubt, I think, stays with you for a period, and some. To be honest with you, Rex, I think some um, never lose that, that self-doubt. Uh, I think, you know, it, most guys or some guys come to a point where they truly believe they belong and they're good enough to play at the highest level. And uh, that probably came for me in 1992. So I'd already played a couple of seasons, but it was in a state game against uh, Victoria where they changed the rules, um, where I was able to play a game for South Australia. Um, they changed it from where you spent most of your time between 10 and uh, 16. And I think it was about six months in the advantage of South Australia over New South Wales. So I was able to play in a state game and get a few kicks. Wayne Carey is a star and he joins us right across the nation today for Tobin Brothers. Why don't you stick around relays after your commitments and join us back here with a legend and the legend is Wayne Carey. And right across the nation, this is your football life with the King. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. And thank you very much to you, Matthew, and thanks to James McLeod and the beautiful team at Tobin Brothers celebrating lives, <clears throat> pardon me, and celebrating the very real life of Wayne Carey, the legend. And thousands of men have played the game at this the highest level, folks. And some play and move on. Others have more of an impact. And this is our guest today, Wayne Carey. I remember reading somewhere where you didn't enjoy your first few years at Arden Street. Why? And tell us about Nilly going back to Adelaide. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was more uh, being a Wagga boy, moving to Adelaide and then to Melbourne fairly quickly. I just didn't really like Melbourne. It was a, it was a big city uh, for me. It felt like New York. Um, it was yeah. So I was adapting to the Melbourne lifestyle. I, I really, you know, after sort of leaving home, moving with my brother at thirteen, and having a little bit of normality in my life, and then living with my mum for six months before I moved to Melbourne. Uh, was sort of like, and then moving away from all of that again, 
and being by myself in Melbourne. So I was more about missing um, my family and my friends and mm. the friends that I'd made in Adelaide during year 9, 10 and 11 at school. Do you think, Wayne Carey, that this is probably the major reason why we haven't seen so many of these old country stars that were too busy scarifying or crutching sheep or milking? They certainly would have made, you know, you look like a bloke like Ron Best who yeah. would absolutely kill him, you know what I mean? Um, a, few, a few others don't come to mind at the moment, but you know what I'm talking about? Yep. You obviously know blokes... Who, goodness me, if that had come down here, yeah. bang. Yeah, no, there's, there's plenty, Rex. And, uh, you know, d- during the early 90s, I used to get home because we weren't playing finals footy. So I used to get home and watch my brother's team, North Wagga and the Wagga Tigers when TD was coaching down there, uh, playing grand finals. Who's TD? Uh, Terry Denneher. Yes, for those yes. people that don't Sorry. know. Sorry. Um, so, you know, get down there and watch them play in finals. And I remember sitting there watching numerous guys during that time in the early 90s saying... That guy there should mm. be playing, um, you know, in the AFL. So it was, um, it, yeah, certainly the case. Jonathan Brown credits his absolute fascination and uh, mimicking efforts as a kid to you to becoming a household name and himself one day a true legend of the game. Who was your childhood football hero at the highest level? Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you who initially. It was a guy called Laurie Pendrick. And he played. He played a couple of games for South Melbourne. He was a captain coach of North Wagga, so he's he's my first hero. And, yeah. and I mentioned my brother. I didn't really have uh, a hero in the AFL or the VFL. We didn't get too much VFL wrecks in Wagga. Yeah, um, we would have the match of the round. So I'd, I'd heard of I'd heard of Jezalinko and I'd heard of Malcolm Blight and and you know guys like that. And and then when I went to North Melbourne, obviously the only guys I'd ever heard of were Matthew Larkin and yeah. Peter German. They were the two Those that North Melbourne blokes. They were yep. the North Melbourne guys. Um, so wasn't really anyone that I was, you know, mimicking or, or trying to be. I, I, you know, spending that little bit of time in Adelaide for the Roosters. Steve Kernahan was clearly uh, an absolute superstar who who just uh, who just moved to Melbourne to uh, to play footy and. Obviously, won the '87 flag with Carlton, so he was a guy that I looked up to as a leader um, and as a and, and as a fantastic centre half forward. There is a lot of Brownlow medalists who are quite content with a Brownlow medal and say a premiership uh, probably wasn't the be all and end all. And I'm a grumpy old man, but I say you've got to be kidding, don't you? You know, you know, we get together and we don't even know each other's names now at Richmond. We get lost. We don't know where we park our car, but we know what we did. <laughs> And we couldn't care whether it was Royce or Bartlett yelling for the ball outside the pack like he did, that sort of thing. We all moulded together. Were you ever disappointed that you never won a Brownlow medal? And if you'd have won a Brownlow medal, would the only way that you'd accept uh, the accolades be if it was in a premiership year? Uh, I'm not disappointed that I never won a Brownlow medal. Probably the, the only time that I allowed myself time to think that I could win Rex was 93 when I was the favourite oh. and uh, it was the first time I was favourite and Gavin Wanganeen won with 18 votes and uh, for those who don't know Greg Williams got 44 or 45 possessions in the last game and didn't get a vote. Didn't get a vote. So, um, so that was the year I think I came equal third that year yeah. and from that time on I, I didn't give it a second thought or never allowed myself to, to even think about the Brownlow medal. Um, I, I think it's a fantastic award every player that's ever won one 
uh, as a deservant winner. I will say that the people that are critical of certain Brownlow medalists, you've got to remember that a Brownlow medalist is good for that one year. We're mm. not rating him over his whole career. And people no. go, well, he's not a deservant Brownlow medalist. Well, mm. well that, in, that that, year. in that year, he was fantastic. So they all deserve it. Um, would have I loved to have won one? Of course you would. You'd, yeah. lo- you'd love to win one. But, but ultimately, we play footy for one reason and one reason only, and that is to win premierships. And uh, I was lucky enough to win two. Couple more questions, and then a couple more. Uh, just a little bit of tight tightness coming up for you, and you just answer it the way you want. Um, is there any game, grand final, preliminary final, home and away uh, game, that stands in your memory that you'll take to the viewing room at Tobin's brother, Tobin Brothers? Oh, the grand the grand finals, uh, without doubt, ninety six, ninety nine. Um, unfortunately, Rex, I think failure stays with you a little bit longer than success. So, well, tell me about it. Uh, the the Tobin the Tobin brothers. I'll I'll, I'll be going into the uh, Tobin brothers uh, box with with them always with the thought of losing ninety eight. It, it yeah. just it, uh, it eats away. It's something that I I think about more than the wins. Unfortunately, like I said, I think um, sometimes. Those failures you, you think about more than the successes, which is a shame, but it, it's but, but, reality. But, but it's a common denominator with all of the stars that I talk to. Yeah. They think it's more important to learn how to just really take hurt than to wave into the crowd, you yeah. know, when everything's going well. Now we're going to get it. Um, I, I want to now want to know how you came back from one of the most brutal public personal assassinations of your character and how today people are actually listening to you on the radio on Triple M, tuning in to Channel 7 to see and hear you. How did you do it? Oh, look, I think it's about, uh, for me, it was about taking ownership and, and being honest with yourself and and also feeling comfortable in your own skin. And we touched on it earlier. And it, was, it wasn't a plan, Rex, to... To, uh, to be where I am now in terms of, you know, doing some media work. It was a natural progression, um, but through a, through a lot of hard work and um, pretty much like anything, uh, anything uh, that's worth doing um, is worth doing properly. And I, I think that, you know, I had to, you know, I, I seriously did, and it's an old saying, but I had to have a good hard look in the mirror and, and, and like I said, take ownership and, and do the hard work. And it's funny how I sit back now and think, geez, why couldn't have I got that earlier? And, um, and you know, why did I um, react in that way? And why did I run away from problems? And, and it's not until you sit down and talk to people about uh, the reasons why you do those things. And it's very easy in hindsight, Rex. We can sit back now. And where we sit now and look back and say, well, you know, that was a, you know, I shouldn't have done that and I shouldn't have done that. But you take yourself back to that time and you know what, you'd probably still make the same decision. You'd probably still do the same things because you're in that moment at that time. And, uh, and unfortunately... And that includes I, I, the moment that and, saw you leave North Melbourne and, and, in the famous, the most famous story of all time. Well, it's it's, it's the moment. Yeah. Well, look, it's 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 the single biggest mistake that I've made in in my life because it went against. Um, despite my dad being, um, you know, as tough as he was, and probably not the best role model for me, Rex, he did instill a few things, and um, and that was one thing that was was a no no, and I've certainly another bloke's misses yeah, out of bounds, and I've never ever and I've never ever done it before, Rex. I've had the opportunity um, many many times, and and, and that's not me. Let sitting people here. out there judge this. Um, I need to get to you because bragging I'm bragging about that. I, I need to get to you, and I'm sorry to interrupt. 
Do you think that there is a day in the near future or the future future that you and Glenn Archer and Anthony Stevens will sit together and celebrate the real reason why you all knew each other and not the other reason? Oh, Rex, we've we've been in uh, we've been in the room many times. I caught I'm up. I'm not talking Arch. about the room. I'm talking about the three of you, because you were the engine room of the shin bonus spirit with Pagan, whether you like it or not. Yeah, look, Arch and I have, Arch and I have caught up um, at, at different functions and had a chat. Um, will it ever be the same? No, it won't. Um, you know, Anthony, Anthony and I, and I fully understand where he's coming from. Will we ever, you know, be the same as we were? I, I, I wouldn't have thought yeah. so, Rex. And, and, but, but you know what, I've, the one thing that I've uh, worked on, um, and that is of, of now... I now feel comfortable in where all of that sits. I think I've, I've um, paid my penance, so to speak, and uh, I, I now feel fit comfortable with, with moving forward and not feeling the guilt and the shame that I felt around that for a long time. So uh, for me, I've, I've let it go, and, uh, and you know what, what, um, what we... occurs. As long as, yeah. as long as, Rex, the most important thing, I think, when you're playing premierships, and clearly this was a a big thing at the time. But when you're playing premierships, it's important that, you know, you you think about others other than yourself. And it mm. was a big thing um, at the time. But so that others in that premiership and, and at that time of North Melbourne feel comfortable, it's important that we all, I guess, put our, um, our thoughts, um, you know, I guess behind us for that moment, and you gotta, and, and you move, move on. on. And make sure that it's a um, make sure that it's an enjoyable time for everyone, and not make people feel uncomfortable being in your presence. It's been great to talk to you, and I hope people out there have realised that there's more than what you see and get with the King. The straw poll around Hutchie's Croc Media, AFL Live, and the rest of the uh, syndicated programs that go out of this wonderful establishment. Seventy people have given me their top five players of the modern era. The results are in. Number five, Matthews. Number two, Ablett, Junior. Number three, Lockett. Number two, Ablett, Senior. And number one, Robert Guanaragan. No, <laughs> Wayne Carey. How good is that? Oh, look, it's, uh, like I said, Rex, even even to be in the conversation with, you know, those names that you just mentioned, it's uh, it's It's humbling. I, I don't believe that. I, I don't consider myself to be in the same category as the guys you just mentioned. Yeah, well, but, you're better. But it's, um, like I said, to be in that conversation, I'm, um, I'm humbled by it, and thank you for those who, uh, and who I, voted. And I'm humbled by the fact that you said 18 months ago we will eventually get there, and thank you very much as a man of your word. <laughs> Wayne Carey is a star. And this has been This Is Your Football Life for Tobin Brothers. And join us next week from 7.30am on a Sunday morning on 11.16 when I delve into the past of some of the great champions that have graced the turf. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.